It is 18 hours, 31 minutes, East African time. Time for John Sibi Okumu on Wednesday. This being Wednesday, the 15th of June, 2022. Hamjambo na karibuni. Hello and welcome. Our general elections are now 55 days away. And we continue to put matters of the moment into their constitutional context. Our key word in this edition is water. Now, we all know that water is life, so it follows that without water, there is no life. In our Constitution 2020, under Economic and Social Rights, Article 43 contains these two clauses of relevance to our discussion. Every person has the right to clean and safe water in adequate quantities. And every person has the right to reasonable standards of sanitation. Of course, the two are linked. Our guest today is a continental authority on the subject of water. To get the conversation going, I'm going to ask her to respond to the sample answers to the question, do you have enough water for your needs? J. Una maji ya kutosha mahitaji yako ya kila siku? My answer might be a bit biased because I live in Tsukimaos. We have like an abundance of water. With the increase of the population, the water is not enough at the moment. I have water that I can drink and also wash my clothes. It can sustain me for, for the whole week. These are dams which were built so many years ago. Lakini bado tunaomba waangalie hiyo masirai sana. Kuna time mwingine inafikanga inakosa kabisa. There are places you'd actually go and uh, specific times there's no water. I've seen dams coming up. I hope uh, that'll help. I think they need to do more. We only have water like thrice per week, so I guess it should be doing better. Because see where I come from, it's not only government water, it's plus borehole. That at least I'm insured water 24-7. Well, I think it's partly because of where I live. Um, we have little or no problems with water, but I specifically moved to where I am because of water issues that I had previously. I'm not informed enough to give a concrete answer, but my opinion is no. Dada, what are your responses to the responses? All right. So from what we've heard, the, we have uh, a variety of answers. Some, yes, nikuna maji, wengine, sina maji, mwengine, maji ni chafu, mwengine, maji ya nitosha, na wengine, hawa mabauses. So water, uh, John, is uh, not as simple as it may seem. Uh, in fact, it's one of the most complex things out there. I'd like to start really with uh, 
the issue of the Bowsers and uh, seeing those tankers over there, that is symptomatic, John, of some of the massive problems that we have in water supply here in uh, Kenya. And I'll focus mostly here in uh, Nairobi. The issue of dirty water as well, uh, which is another major issue uh, in certain areas. Interestingly enough, I noticed that the men actually didn't seem to have uh, issues accessing water. And I ask, is it because it's the women that are accessing that water for you? That is why their answers have been, So I know we're going to be talking about it a lot later on in the show, but that is an important point in terms of who accesses water, where and when. On dams, dams is just one side of it. It's just one aspect of water. You have dams, you have ponds, you have pipes, you have... uh, The reason we see dams is because, of course, they're the most expensive and the most capital intensive in terms of uh, water investment. What we must all realize, water is expensive to move. So that's point number one, and that would also explain a lot of the issues that have come up. The private and government, yes, I get water, but then I also have the borehole. Uh, My question is, uh, is where you're staying? Are you paying for the extraction of that water from the borehole? So you see, again, the complexities of this uh, 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 sector. And finally, the only one who moved to a certain area from one area to another and has better access to water is equally some of these issues, I believe, John, that we're going to be talking about in terms of right to water and sanitation, who gets water, which areas get water, what time they get water, who gets rationed, who doesn't get rationed. So that's just to kick that off. Well, um, one thing's going to happen. We're not going to exhaust the topic. Like any dad, I would ask you one thing. Let's, Let's explain this to the lay person this assurance in the constitution that everybody is entitled to safe water now define safe in the school debate safe will start by okay the issue of the quality of your water yes yeah is your water safe enough to drink is it going to give you uh, uh, waterborne diseases which by the way john are responsible for a lot of uh, 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 deaths actually generally on the continent, uh, neglected tropical diseases which usually move through water. That is one aspect of safety. The other aspect of safety and one which awareness should be raised on is how you get that water. And I'm coming back again to the issue of who is getting that water. Now, we know that in informal settlements, access to water is not safe. Number one, it could be high quality water, but the ones who are going to fetch it, uh, usually it's a path full of dangers, you know, hatari, 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 in terms of uh, the rapes, the sexual assaults, uh, the harassment. uh, That's just one aspect. The other aspect of safety, not to, 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 that you see even in the rural area let me assure you 
that it has implications as well on their health, on their their well-being. Um, uh, and it's been found, as a matter of fact, that there are a lot of physical issues and ailments linked as well to the issue of fetching water. Safety, again, in terms of certain areas where water is a problem, uh, where we are seeing the water uh, uh, points shrinking and conflict arising from those various uh, uh, areas and communities. So safe is a really big word. It really encompasses quite a bit, but just giving you a bit of a flavor in terms of what it is. Dada, let me go back. There must be a historical context. If I go back to the family mythology about um, the way my mother ended up being married to my father, is that she was seen as a very industrious young teenager who went to the river so many times a day and fetched water for the entire family, the household, for the cooking, and then went to look for the firewood, etc., etc. And um, my grandpa said, well, that's a hard-working woman. Uh, let's pay dowry for her to be married to my son. So that was 60-odd um, years ago. I would ask you now how far we've moved from that industrious young lady walking to the river. And I also want you to go away from the city because that's a very sort of uh, precious thing and think of Kenya as the big, wide country in which most of the people still live in the rural areas. It hasn't changed much, John, unfortunately. And the same mythology still remains the industrious young girl. Uh, the thing is, is that it should not be happening. By now, we should have been able to get that water to her rather than her having to go, to, go, to go and look for it. Right. Why? Because this water fetching exercise, within these rights frameworks, normally it shouldn't take more than 30 minutes to fetch water. Back and forth. It shouldn't take more than 30 minutes. It shouldn't take more than 30 minutes. But if, if you look at it, yeah. the, because we're, we're going to, I think the, 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 our, our pastoralists, yeah. our nomads, and in, again, look at Kenyan history. They all lived in the NFD, mm -hmm. the Northern Frontier mm -hmm. District, and that was a sort of byword um, by for mm -hmm. hell. Now, in, 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 in censuses that have occurred since then, what is we can see that the politicians in the election season are going to be making wonderful promises to address uh, uh, troubles in the city that you've just evoked. Yep. But what's happening to the Wanainchi out there? Will the person in Turkana, in Pokot, uh, in Tana River, will they ever aspire to clean and safe water as in long, their lifetimes? As long as women are given the burden of going to fetch water, no. The answer is no. We will not see it. That has to change because when women go and fetch water, we all know it's more than that 30 minutes, isn't it? It's like four hours, five hours for some of them. What does that mean? What are the implications of the ripple effects for something like that? That means somebody's not going to school. Somebody is not getting an education. And that also means that somebody does not have time to participate in decision-making type of processes. Because I, I they're boss. Uh, yeah. Understood. But yeah. we're, we're talking about uh, huge yeah. uh, acreages, huge surface yeah. areas. Are you? Let's, let's think about the elections. Let's think about the next 55 days. If whichever grouping, uh, minorities, two-horse race, however many horses there are in the race, yeah. with regard to this particular topic, 
what should we be reading from the manifesto if you were to write it? The first thing that we would be reading was that is that water needs to be the highest priority in each and every county. That the well, of budget, course you would say that because yes. I introduced you as a exactly. continental authority. Yeah. A teacher is going to say, well, teaching and education has got to no. be... And then the, the priest will say, well, religion... Exactly. Yeah, okay. Because schools follow water lines. Hospitals follow water lines. Where there are no, there's no access to water, you will not find schools. You will not find health facilities. That is why we say water is life because it's a key driver in terms of economic development. Countries that have invested in their water saw an increase in their GDP as opposed to countries that did not. So the same thing at the county level. We have seen some counties who prioritized water and sanitation. And the priority, what does it look like? It just doesn't look like declarations that are made. When you prioritize something and commit to something, you put money behind it. So you follow the money. How much money was actually put behind, for example, the water sector? How much money was actually put in developing the systems, in making sure that people in the rural area have this water, in ensuring that water points are functional? So these are, these are the things that one should be really looking for and looking at very closely and keenly. Dad, I can see you're on a roll, as we say in English, uh, but we have to take a break before you continue rolling. Ooh, that ad of um, revving engine scared me a little bit, but now I'm restored to my manly courage. And I'll ask you uh, this question. Uh, before we went, the word adequate, I want to address that. And again, uh, remember, I'm the loving lay person. We would be told one minute adequate that there is, we read in the papers, there's this wonderful thing called a water table and there is water under some part of northern Kenya, and there is enough, there's an aquifer, there's enough water somewhere to keep us going for a long, long, long time. Then we sit on it for a day, and all of a sudden it can't be reached, it's not a good enough quantity. Are we being had? Are there machinations on the ground here? It is there, like the petrol and the oil, but somebody wants to make a killing out of it. Okay, let me start by defining adequate. Mm. What does adequate mean? Enough. Enough means 100 litres per person. Okay. That's the minimum. Okay. That is, that is adequate. Per day? Per day. Okay. Yeah. But we're all uh, encouraged to drink eight litres to keep going. Exactly. So what are, we, uh, my man, what are we spending the other 92 on? Washing our clothes? Oh, those who can mm. spend 92 on right. other things, washing our clothes and mm. washing our cars. So why why set the minimum at such a high bar? Because that is the requirement in terms of domestic and uh, 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 domestic and household use. I is a hundred liters. Yeah, I understand. Now, this adequacy in terms of how do we access it? Yes. Okay. Kenya sometimes is defined as water scarce, but scarcity is not the point here in terms of water. And if we were to look at the continent as a whole, uh, you know, the scarcity is not the issue. The issue is how it's managed. How is water 
managed? Or should I say, what happens when it's mismanaged? When the water, the decisions behind well, water... Do say more you, about the mismanagement. Now, that's, because we're trying to say, uh, I'm, I'm very exercised by this idea, you know, patriotic Kenyan, patriotic Afro-continental African, the Renaissance. How on earth are we to bring about this African Renaissance if we are sustaining a culture of perpetual mismanagement? Yeah. The two don't go sort of, I'm not sort of living in great joy for my great-grandchildren. No, they're not. And if we do not address the issues of mismanagement, now what does that look like? Mm. Mismanagement or management starts from the decision. Water, how you get water, who access water is a deliberate decision. Who, where, when, how, what time? And if I'm to come back to what the people have said, when you hear things like rationing, when you hear things like Oh, sometimes I get it, sometimes I don't get it. And of course, the worst case scenario, I'm seeing bowsers and uh, uh, water being hijacked. All those point towards mismanagement, issues of mismanagement. That's on the service delivery scale, okay, in terms of the water getting to you. There's also in terms of um, the resources that are required to actually go and look for that water, whether it's surface water, whether it's groundwater. Nairobi, for example, uses surface water. And if you guys didn't know, the water actually comes from Tana and then, you know, uh, uh, goes through the Ndakaini Dam and uh, Chanya. So uh, quite a channel. And remember what I said at the beginning, moving water is expensive. It's a very costly exercise. John, oh, maji nibure, niamungu. Like, yes, when you're getting it from the river directly, yes, nibure. But to get that water to you, to clean it up and bring it all over to you, costs money. And when we mismanage some of these decisions, how uh, resources are used, um, some of these issues that we've heard around the dams as well, that is why you're not getting that water. Even if it's even if it's if if it is perceived not to be adequate, what is happening within counties? For example, those that have that groundwater that was found recently, or that we heard of, uh, I think in Turkana, in terms of extracting that water, costs a fortune. But if the vision is not there, the will is not there, and the people are not asking their leaders, why aren't you? drawing that water Dada, of course just, that's we yeah, have these issues i'm glad i'm glad you should mention the people I and mean, yeah. th this is a recurring theme yeah. in each and every subject that we uh, address is the idea of uh, what is the role and do they have real power now let me declare myself to be the complete wimp in this society mm -hmm. if there is water lacking in my particular household in my little gated community somewhere I immediately see the Bowser as my savior and my salvation. Mm -hmm. You know why? Because they're going to turn up with the blue saying clean water. Uh, they're going to put up a wonderful pump mm -hmm. and within... Now, what are you saying I ought to be doing as a conscientious citizen? I should be taking the number of the Bowser company and heading to my local police station and saying they're a bunch of crooks? I don't think that's going to sit well with the... The Bowser fraternity. It mm. won't sit well with the Bowser fraternity, John. Or sorority to make sorority, it to. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, let, or the brethren. No, yeah. <laughs> everybody's into it. We're all in yeah, this together. Let's be mm. inclusive. No, but, but on a serious yeah. note, I think it, it's it's so easy to say that the one ain't she has rights. 
but also factor in the, the scare factor, the, the being scared factor. The people that we're relying on as a society to go out and speak out for us and go out into the streets and sort of dowsing pigs in tomato sauce are people who are getting beaten up on our behalf and are generally considered to be, you know, the lackeys of white imperialism serving their imperial masters. But how are the rest of us going to be involved in the struggle? Well, you said it at the very beginning of this show, John. Our constitution, beautiful constitution, has given us the right to water and sanitation. And therefore... And therefore, mm. and something we discussed, we are only four countries on this continent that have that. And therefore, it means, let's give credit where it's due, that Kenya felt brave enough to make such a, a declaration. The other countries have not done it because they were afraid of putting something like that in their constitution and then being held accountable for it. So once that right is there, it means that there are mechanisms for you to seek redress. Now, it can start at, first of all, the reason you're having a shortage is because the Bowser somehow is involved in it. I can assure you that something somewhere within those pipes and those lines went wrong. This is how cartels and gangs operate. Number two. But we, sorry, sorry, yeah. sorry. I, I, I'm not as, uh, as clever as I thought yeah. I was. You're, you're trying to say that somebody, somebody, let's look at this in terms of in the, in the lexicon of a seven-year-old. Yeah. Daddy, mummy, somebody's doing something really, really bad, mm -hmm. but they can keep on doing it and we'll just turn a blind eye. Who should be making sure that the Bowsers don't um, operate? Who should be making sure that the border borders don't sort of uh, sort of scare us to death on the roads every day? Yeah. There must be the issue of legislation. Legislation does not fall to the individual. Yes. So uh, please blame somebody uh, as while we have time. Well, I blame. I, I. I. This is going to be controversial, but I'll blame the people. The people. The people. Oh. Because the Nairobi Water, for example, has put this beautiful complaint system where you just make a phone call, you can do it via WhatsApp, you can do it via SMS. Now, of course, I'm going to be uh, challenged on the issue of uh, responsiveness. Now, that again, the people, you need to hold Nairobi Water accountable. Use the mechanisms that exist to hold institutions accountable, whether through the judiciary, whether through supreme audit institutions. We have the ombudsman, we have uh, uh, the Commission on Administration Justice that take complaints on officers who are not performing. So it's not like the systems are not there. But let me tell you something, John. We were once in an informal settlement, spaghetti connections everywhere, illegal connections, all kinds of ills and sins present. You Defi know? Define spaghetti connections to the, non, uh, yes. uh, the jargon. What is the spaghetti? Oh, you've all seen the spaghetti connections. It's when you see a lot of pipes. Oh, yes. Uh, okay, one, okay, one, the, the, yeah, one on top of the other. Yes. So we invited the utility, Nairobi Water, and the people were like, Nairobi Water asked them, have you ever complained? We have never received a complaint about the illegal connection, also known as the spaghetti connection. Okay. And as a matter of fact, the people did respond, yes, we have never complained on your platform. So that's what I'm saying. Those, the, the country has done a lot in terms of trying to put these systems in place. We need to use them and da, put da, pressure. Da, 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 sorry, sorry yeah. do put me clear on this. Who, uh, sorry, you're, 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 you're talking to the school teacher once again. <laughs> and school teachers, like myself, uh, believe strongly in education. Yeah. Who 
what is the sensitization program that's telling me that, you know, if I haven't got a university degree to run for the presidency, sorry, I just had to get that in. If I, uh, 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 if I, uh, who is telling us, who is telling us that we have a right to complain? You know, as we do this program, every five seconds they're saying you've got to listen to this program every Wednesday because it's just the tops, which is true. But who's telling us every, every single day, where is the public education? Where is the civic education? Where am I being reminded daily that these are my rights? Well, number one shows like the ones you're having right now, John. Which is for a very select, yes. wonderful sort of, you know, bourgeois fringe, I must say that. <laughs> There's a lot going on on the ground. We right. have the Constitution to tell us that you have the right. Did we not all fight for these rights, for the, the, the Bill of Rights? But that Bill of Rights also came with a, a number of texts. Ethics and anti-corruption, bribery, uh, you know, it put in place institutions. Surely, I'm pretty sure that we all know about this, but it's in terms of us getting up and actually engaging with these yeah right so um, i'm going to give your subconscious mind time to think about the c word because i'm never happy until i throw it in corruption yes and uh, with corruption we'll be looking at the idea of solutions Dada, I'm sorry, I'm going to take you back because you disturbed me one minute when you tried to suggest that for women in particular, there are physical threats to their being linked to water. Yep. I'd, like you to, I'd like you to elaborate on that. John, it's a very tragic state of affairs. It's been there for the last two decades or more, discovered about five, six years ago, confirmed two years ago. So it's taken... Elaborate. What has been discovered? It has been discovered that women in informal settlements and in rural areas, the more evidence is required on that front, we know it's happening, so we need to put it you know, in reports and papers, that women have been exchanging sex for water. So currency is sex, to access water, particularly where you see these long queues from four o'clock in the morning, five o'clock in the morning, up to nine, one some which I have personally stood in just to get a sense of what was going on. And the fact that the affordability, the, 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 the issue of affordability, the issue of poverty, the issue of distress is pushing women to access this water by trading sex. It's it's terrible. And we found out that it's happening to about 31% of the women and girls in Kibera and Mukuru. Okay, well, let us um, digest yeah. that painfully. Yeah. Okay, and, and now we can go back to the C word corruption. Yeah. One of the great electoral promises of any platform uh, in the great mass thing is that come August the 9th, or it'll have to be August the 10th or the 11th, there will be the great uh, advent of the uh, zero tolerance of corruption. You know, one fine day we're going to wake up and like we did our masks for COVID, 
It'll be the great sort of nirvana. No more masks, no more corruption. Do you actually believe that there could be a day when there's no more corruption in the water sector simply because we will it? Yes. Expand. Okay. I'm going to put this in two groups. Okay. We have the grand corruption, which are the big dams. Okay. Somebody was asking about dams. That's where they would fall in. Now, those... So you're saying the grand... Sorry, explain, explain to the layman uh, sitting outside, you know, my, my greatest living fans. If you build a dam, it is a bad thing, you're saying? It's not a bad thing. But, but that's but the place where you can say the, ban, the, the, the dam costs uh, yes. 2 billion shillings, yes. but it costs, it costs uh, 2,000. 2,000, yeah. exactly. Okay, so yeah. that's, you know, the idea of siphoning off exactly. money which has already been accounted exactly. for. Exactly. Right, understood. Or in some cases where the dam is not even there. Exactly. Yeah. So, so. Ficti fictitious, uh, <laughs> fictitious infrastructure. Infrastructure, fictitious infrastructure. Understood. Yeah. Now we do know that that is a. The laws are there again. Like I said, the systems are there. The laws are there. Uh, it's in terms of how well, and how committed, and what is the will behind addressing this. You know that what this also means. <laughs> you know what it means, which yeah. is very very troubling. Yeah. Is that there isn't an honest Kenyan walking, including you and me. Uh, it means that all of us, MCA senators, d governors. All these folk are going to uh, lord over something that they know is ripping off the general public and will not hold themselves to account. Is yeah. this the Kenyan condition and this is just the way we are and your turn will come and hopefully mine if we stay long enough? If we do not change our conditions and our orientation, exactly. Don, yes. So what do we change? Because I'm talking about electoral promises. This is the season of electoral promises. We'll be having them for breakfast for the next 50 yes. days. Okay, let's unpack, find a nice image, uh, the weed from the chaff. This is not a fight that's going to be won overnight. That we all know. What we tell ourselves within our the brethren, sisterhood, sorority, fraternity is record. Record what you are seeing. This is going to be something that's going to take generations, John. So each of us, for example, within what we do is we record. We record the complaints. We investigate. We take a look at where these dams are and we put it on paper somewhere. That's the first thing. As we move on, as we evolve, the expectation is that we are building people's capacities to take up action when the stars align, when under the right constellation, because there's a lot of that as well. But the first point is record. And that means, John, that if you see an illegal connection, record it, even though it's through uh, the complaint system or reporting it somewhere, but it has to be recorded. Let's start with that. Now, if I may move to, we've done grand. You've done grand. So okay. I'm so, so sorry to interrupt. You no, know, yes, don't yeah. worry. Mm -hmm. Now, petty. Petty, yes. Yeah, let's go into petty. Petty is, yes, the ones that, uh, like you said, you know, we all get subjected to on a, a, a daily basis. And within the water sector, petty. Sextortion, yes, would fall under petty because sex for water is known as sextortion, which is a form of corruption as well. That's what we're pushing for, and that's what has been recognized. Petty is when, um, you know, your 
something is off with your water bill. Petty is the spaghetti connection. Petty is the Bowser. And again, more action can be taken as well at that level, at your level, at the citizenry level. So it's in terms of how do people come together? Because it is really important to mention, John, and I'm going to zero in again on water, is that this cannot be done alone. Usually because water affects every, it's the one thing we all have in common. And we've noticed, John, that those that take collective action actually have better results in terms of addressing all these malfeasance and all these issues. So the sex for water issue, because we have brought together security, police, we have brought health, we have brought gender-based uh, uh, groups, we have brought the women groups, the community leaders, the church, capital C, everybody on board is why we are actually seeing this action as well against it. I want you to draw you on another thing for explanation and this idea of un under the constitution, this idea of ownership yep. and, and the lay person perceives it thus. Uh, the water is coming from Kerinyaga, the mountain. It's always been, yeah, the, 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 and it's in, it's in whichever land it's yeah. in, and therefore by rights it's our water. So we'll capture it. You know the wonderful streams billowing down. Yeah. Take them to the farms around that particular area, and make sure that God forbid it doesn't end up in Kisumu. <laughs> so um, okay, so there's the, the idea of ownership. Yeah. yeah. Now. Do you think that the Constitutional Fathers cracked it? Because surely if there's a a, a, a diamond mine underneath my garden, yeah. it is mine. <laughs> is, that, is, that, is that a silly way to think? And why should somebody else get the... I think we've all asked ourselves that question. Yeah. If I found oil in my garden. <laughs> exactly. But the, con the Constitution does say something to the effect. Article 69, yeah. let's not be pedantic, yeah. 6062. Mm -hmm. The idea of land and property ownership. Are we, again, basically going to be stoking up the other uh, gorgon in the room of African identity, the idea of tribalism? This is ours, and we're going to give it to those awful people across the hills. Well, this is the thing, John, because, you see, the Constitution is pretty clear on the separation between uh, what goes to counties and what remains at the national level. Is the demarcation, uh, to your mind, fair? It is fair, and it is very clear. Water, the, the water, our resources belong to Kenya, to the people of Kenya. Now, what people need to understand is that it was not water that was devolved to counties. It was the service delivery of water that was devolved to counties. The function was devolved. Okay, sorry, you have to explain. I haven't quite got you yet because I, I am saying uh, there are historically... Yeah. The underlying, uh, the menace in my question here is the idea that people are saying that perhaps our constitution ought to be changed. We fought for it, blood was shed, 2010, but there's still deficiencies. We ought to look at it again, refresh it, uh, reinvent it. Is one of the things that we should do is to reinvent this whole idea of who owns what no. and where? Because, let me follow, mm -hmm. if there are regions in Kenya which have been historically mm -hmm. underdeveloped and then they do have the gold mine underneath mm -hmm. them shouldn't it allow them within a generation to have universities and you know 15 block housing blocks you know in Turkana and and let the uh, the rest of us suffer and stay the way we've always been 
Isn't that isn't that a revolutionary argument for me to carry, carry into Parliament as a member of these regions? We have good things here, and you've always been nasty to us. And now yeah. you're asking us to share our ice cream. Unless there's an underground secession movement that is taking place, I think, no. The Constitution, I think, has very well captured these issues, uh, has very well captured that natural resources belong to the people of Kenya no matter where they are because you also have something known as transboundary waters whereby, and this is what we're seeing between Kiambu and Nairobi or in Mombasa, Taita, Kuala to Mombasa, where water has to move where the people need it. Now, I come back again to devolution and the function, particularly to water. Counties are only responsible for the supply of that water, no matter where it comes from. If tomorrow the uh, 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 Tana River dries up, okay, completely, now we need to go lo look for Lake Victoria, uh, you know, much to the dissatisfaction of the Egyptians, but if that water needs to be moved somewhere, uh, let's say to, to, to Nairobi, it, it'll be necessary, or what do we do? Do we just wither and die? Because okay. of some of these issues, ownership issues, which I think are misplaced. Okay, yeah. uh, right. Okay, so let's uh, the, the 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 next prong. We're still on the idea of 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 mismanagement. Yes, uh, I think I hear you correctly saying we should be more outspoken. Yeah. Now I go back to again to this idea of the urban rural divide. Yeah, where should we place the priority? Should I live quite happily with water three times a week? And and make sure that my brother in um, Pokot gets it um, once a week. No. Expand. First of all, okay. The policies, John. You see, for the longest time, and this is where again devolution has been most helpful, is the development of policies that allow this water to reach even those that are the furthest. We didn't have that. It was mostly concentrated in the urban area. And for the longest time, we have a lot of actors that have been supporting a lot of these counties to develop their policies, which means the framework and the laws to allow that water to flow. Counties that are falling behind on this particular aspect are the ones where we're seeing most of the issues when it comes to rural water and poor access uh, uh, to it. Ideally, everybody should be getting water. That 100 litres per day, whether it comes three times a week, whether it comes in once a week, but like I said, adequate, the minimum requirement is 100 litres. There's also in terms of other things, John, like, you know, your storage capacity, you know, so all these things which have to figure within you know, how they run the water sector within your county, you know, how the housing or the urbanization has been done. Um, the access in terms of, okay, if the river is there and the village is there, it takes four hours, it is the county's responsibility to make sure that it is within the 30-minute walk. So there are these big overarching responsibilities. But again, John, it's in terms of us, the people, getting involved in this. This is the thing with the water sector. You can't be a spectator. 
you actually have to get involved one way or the other right the final break yeah. again get your mind around this i'm going to before you tell us who you are we're going to start off by introducing that word sanitation that yep. we mentioned in our thing yep. and then i'll ask you who you are but first a break Savane, atmosphère, the lovely French pronunciation. <laughs> okay, <laughs> on we go. Uh, we have to talk about sanitation and the the I, I, self-revelation on my part. Uh, I belong to a generation where what is now called open Def defecation was the norm. Yes. So uh, in my lifetime, I'm sorry to say this to my fans, I'd walk across in my village, find an empty spot, look for some leaves and get on with it. Yes. Now you're telling me in 2022 that it is my right to have sanitation. The idea of culture, why should this be a national priority, the idea of sanitation? Okay, so, and, and that's not being a flippant question. Yep. I'm just saying, you know, I did this, I smoked, I drank, now you're telling me not to. Yeah. Okay, for the longest time until just recently, sanitation has been known as the poor cousin of water, whereby it doesn't get the attention that it should. And that is a problem, John, because open defecation is still alive and well, and 41% of us do not have access to sanitation. 41%. Now, there is a big debate where the government should build your toilet. But it's rather government should or the state should put in place the sanitation system to allow you to build the toilets. Now, toilets are expensive. On average, it's about, I think, $40 or between 40 to about $100. If you say so. Yeah. Now, when we're having, what, is it 2.3 US dollars per day? Or is it 3.2 US dollars per day uh, that uh, the majority of us are yes. living on? Yes. Yeah, $40 is steep. Exactly. Yeah, $40 is steep. So, again, the issues of investments. What are the kind of investments? And a word that I know we all love using, which is innovation, you know. And we've been seeing quite a bit in terms of innovation when it comes to sanitation. Toilets. Toilets are important, John, because toilets bring tourists. Toilets bring development. You will get people where you have toilets. You want to attract people? Put toilets. Right. Well, uh, unfortunately, uh, maybe this show should be um, 10 hours longer. This is my wish and I'm praying for it. But for, for now, um, do reveal yourself what is your name and tell us a bit about your parcours my parcours my name is serene malik yes. and i'm the executive secretary of here it comes it's a mouthful the african civil society network for water and sanitation also known as a new which is this uh, big umbrella organization for all the cso's involved in water and sanitation on the continent I'm also the vice chair of the Sanitation and Water for All Partnership, which is a big global platform that brings together water and sanitation practitioners from government, from research and learning, civil society organizations, uh, 
development partners and we are all working very hard to make sure that uh, states respect, protect and fulfill the right to water and sanitation. Well, I'll take you back now because you, we're, we're focusing on you as an individual. Yep. Uh, you, what uh, for women listening, for young women especially, uh, how, what was your parcours? What was the journey? What, what led a woman, uh, women pilots, uh, women astronauts? Uh, are there thousands of women in this sector with your knowledge? And what did you study? Why did you study it? I studied law, John, mm -hmm. but I was in Transparency International, Kenya, and mm -hmm. I was looking in charge of the water program in there, looking at the management and the governance of water. And that is really where it came from in terms of the experience over the last 15 to yeah, about 17, 18 years. So would you, would you encourage other young girls to end up doing? I, is there, a, is there, obviously, because yeah. it is your job fulfilling, yeah. it's a bit of a rhetorical yeah. question. But uh, encourage the young. I'm going to encourage, I'm going to say this, and mm. this is a call, that at all levels, you don't have to have done law or engineering or any, to, to get involved in water. You, when I come back to the case of sex for water, John, it's because there are not enough women taking this on, or the women were not given and the girls were not given the space to address the issue. We have opened those spaces. Use them. For girls, get into STEM, get into engineering, getting in, in, in anything that touches the water sector, which is really vast. We need more women to take a look at a toilet or a water system and say, no, this is not right for women and girls. There's a difference between how men and women use water. I like to say Men just wake up and splash water on their faces. Women, uh, well, no, that, if we did that, you know, that'd be a bit of an issue. There's a lot more involved in terms of our water usage. And we still need a lot more women in the sector on the continent because we are falling behind, especially when it comes to the issues of women in the water sector and sanitation sector. Serene, may I draw you yeah. on? I, I did introduce you as a, as a, as a continental yeah. spokesperson. And you have mentioned other countries that yeah. have actually mentioned water and sanitation within their own constitution. Yeah. But again, as we yearn for the African Renaissance, yeah. how are we doing continentally on this issue? Not well. And I'm also interested, again, I'm going to throw in all these little yeah. binders where we need external help to manage our own water. Again, in the papers that you find... Uh, you know, uh, let's not be uh, name names, but a, a, a com another country is bringing in. I know we're in the global village. I know, but should somebody from Beijing, Paris, New York be running our water for us? No. So why is it happening? Sorry. We do not have a problem with capacity, technical knowledge. It's there. Our problem is orientation, as I've been trying to say within uh, uh, the last hour. But water, as, as mentioned, it's a key economic driver. So, of course, it has a lot of vested interest and it touches on pretty much everything. You're not going to grow a tomato if you don't have water. Your food, your energy, nothing is going to move without water, which would explain why we have all this, how do you call it, show of affection from... Mm. 
from other from other places yeah. from other places in and, terms and, of how and, we how and, we do and dare it. I say it, that there 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 are pockets of Africa where outsiders come and take advantage of our sort of inaction to say well um, sell us a thousand acres and we will grow our tomatoes and transport them to let us call it the moon yeah so again we've got this whole idea of uh, the African Union you must have dealings with the African Union. So again, this great fraternity, sorority of African, do we address our problems as they affect us as Africans? Absolutely. Or we do we are? Absolutely. We are. We are. I've just come back from Addis at the African Union within the UN Economic uh, uh, Commission for Africa. And yes, so it was a room full of Africans addressing uh, okay. Our problems. So, what are the things in which we might delight? What were you discussed? That you've just come back from Addis. What's well, for Christmas ten years from now? Well, hopefully that all of us are going to be having the right to water and sanitation within our constitution, explicitly, and within our legislation, explicitly, because legislation means enforcement, compliance with policies. If we can get that, we're off to a good start. Okay. Okay, so goodness, sorry, I cut, cut you yeah. short. There was a number two. Yeah. I know I'm looking at the clock. We've got four minutes to go, yeah. but to go for number two. Number two is in terms of ensuring that we have these institutions, again, that make sure that people are accountable and that they're doing their jobs. And number three is ensuring that we have a citizenry that is informed. We have to do a lot more. I know you asked that question earlier on in terms of how well are we doing in terms of informing our citizenry. It's taking place, but we need a lot more in terms of that front. If we have an empowered and informed citizenry, yes, we will take off, John. I'd like to, you to comment on this idea of that there is an Afrique francophone, yes. Afrique lusophone, yes. so that from the colonial era, we are still carrying the baggage of allegiances to our so-called colonial masters, so that there are three Africas, Portuguese, francophone, uh, anglophone. Uh, would you like to comment on that? And we, whenever we hear sort of elections to be head of this or the other, we hear that the Western bloc has got together and kicked out the because we're head. We're, how is this going? Again, I'm interested in the long term. That lovely, the idea of uh, you shouldn't answer these questions. I'm fair, but are we getting closer to the union that for which we dream? Yes, our, our, our economic yeah. union, our African union. Yes, and I'll tell you why, John. It's mainly through the water sector. Because that is a conversation, the issues are common across the continent, whether it is Afrique francophone or lusophone, uh, anglophone, we have the same problems, we're having the same challenges. So they, 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 the issue isn't about, you know, uh, where your allegiances are, but the, the conversation is taking place because, as mentioned, we all have the same problem. Thank you very much. We have to stop there, but I've been informed and educated and inspired. <laughs> Thank you very much. Uh, do continue to give us feedback, hopefully positive and reassuring, on the Twitter handle at Capital FM Kenya or drop us a text or WhatsApp message on 071-984-984. You've been listening to John Sibiokumu on Wednesday. Till next time.